What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 181 of the Justin Inside podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. As always, I'm your host. My name is Tim Birkbeck, and I'm doing absolutely fine. I don't have a whole lot to say. As always, this is lockdown going on and on and on and on, but we're looking... I'm lo- Well, we're, I'm looking on the bright side and hoping that some form of normality returns soon, whether that be gigs or just being able to see friends or whatever. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, so trying to keep positive. Um, Just want to say a huge, huge thank you to everyone who checked out last week's episode with Ned Russin. Um, Got massive sort of feedback on that one, which was really, really cool. And it seems to be a lot of people dug like that Ned was so open in the chat, which... I really, really appreciate like everyone that comes on this show really seems to kind of get the vibe that I'm going for in it being just somewhat more of a conversation about music rather than your normal kind of question and answer format, even though that's what it is to an extent, but you get what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, huge. just want to say thank you for that. Um, before we kind of get into this week's guest, just want to do my usual sort of like what I've been listening to one of which is their album, so I'll mention that in a moment. Um, But the new Humanity's Last Breath record is really, really cool, so people should go check that out. Um, I think, yeah, that's been listening to Chubby and the Gang a lot recently. Oh, this is not a new release, but it's something that was new to my attention, which is not really a a genre I dip my toe into too much, which is black metal, but... um, this band called Vengeful Spectre, they're from China and they incorporate like traditional like Chinese instrumentation within their music and it's really fucking interesting. So if black metal is your thing, go check out Vengeful Spectre. They're definitely a band to to be made aware of. Um, one final thing as well, uh, the latest issue of An Insight magazine has literally landed on my doorstep today as I'm recording this. Um, orders will be going out later this week. Um, there has been a little bit of an issue with the printing, so if anyone has any issues, please just message us, let us know. But yeah, not 100% happy with how they turned out. I've emailed the printers and asked them what the fuck went on as well, so we'll wait and see. Anyway, let's get into this week's guest, and this week I'm joined by vocalist of For Your Health, Hayden Rodriguez. Um this was recorded a little while before the release of their uh, record in spite of which came out Friday just gone it is one of the records that I've been spinning constantly since its release but obviously uh, as mentioned a little bit in the chat as well Hayden was kind enough to send me an advanced copy of it as well and it's been one that's on heavy rotation so yeah it's a it's a really fucking cool record so if you haven't listened to it yet go listen to In Spite Of by For Your Health. Um, But during this conversation, we get into obviously how Hayden kind of got into music, uh, growing up in and around sort of like the Cleveland, Ohio kind of scene, um, how they started off playing drums, but then kind of always wanted to pursue being a vocalist and how putting on shows and sort of building those networks in the DIY world has kind of helped with the rapid growth that has been what for your health has done so yeah and obviously so much more also just a quick caveat when we were recording this uh, Hayden was having some technical difficulties on their end 
um, unfortunately. So there was a few times where we had to kind of stop and cut the conversation um, and sort of change the, the audio input. So there is a couple of times where the conversation may cut, but I've done my best in terms of editing it all together. And hopefully it won't be too noticeable, but just in case you notice a change in the sound quality or just a sudden sort of shift in the conversation, that is why. So please sit back, enjoy the chat I have with Hayden, and I'll see you on the other side. Cool, right, so joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is For Your Health vocalist Hayden Rodriguez. Hayden, thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to have a little chat with me. Um, obviously, you've got the new record coming out, well, at the time of recording this in a couple of weeks' time. But, like, I don't know, how has it kind of been, like, preparing a record in these weird times at the moment? It seems to be a conversation I'm having a lot at the moment. Yeah. Um, it was it was definitely different than, obviously, non-pandemic times. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah. you know, finding the time to get together and be able to record it uh, was a little bit of a struggle, um, you know. Uh, it... <laughs> Honestly, it was a lot different than um, recording this one was a lot different than anything we'd done in the past. Uh, we spent a little bit more time on it and um, we mm. were like sort of deliberately writing for a release rather than just, you know, um, writing a few songs. And um, yeah, so we 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 wrote it. We wrote most of the record over the course of a week um, that we were all together and we added some finishing touches over like the coming months and um we recorded it in july of 2020 um mm. and so like front to back the the process took like you know three or four months which is so much longer than we spent on something before so that in and <laughs> yeah. of itself like having time to like actually work on it and not be on tour or like you know worrying about working our jobs or whatever it was uh it was honestly it, it helped <laughs> it helped in yeah. a weird way it helped us <laughs> did, and did you kind of like that process because uh, like well, obviously we'll get into sort of the kind of quickness nature of what's happened with for your health in, the, in a bit but like as you say having a bit more time did it kind of get give you the opportunity to kind of like explore other avenues of what the band is yeah um definitely uh we it, it, it kind of it, it all came at once you know like uh we mm. were we were planning on we were like planning on leaving for a tour like literally yeah. and um like lockdown happened here and so we just like no one knew what was happening really or what was going to happen we at that time mm. we thought like we thought it was gonna last for two weeks and that we were just gonna yeah, <laughs> yeah. finish the rest of our tour or whatever <laughs> and uh so we were like, well, we have this time, we might as well, you know, write some, write some songs. And um, mm. uh, it was, it was definitely weird. Uh, our, we don't all live in the same spot. Um, right. Currently, uh, like our drummer lives about like six or seven hours from us. So oh shit. yeah, having them, we don't have a lot of time to like practice really the only time we practice is the day before a tour. Uh, so it's like having that time to like write with them um, was really crucial. Um, mm. And I think that that helped out the, the writing process a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
That's cool. Well, as I mentioned kind of before I hit record, I always kind of like to start this at the beginning. So I always take my guests kind of back to what kind of got them into music. So what was your kind of first exposure to alternative music? Can you remember like what kind of got you rolling on that path? Um, to <laughs> to playing music or like listening to or just music just, just like listening to it oh, like, yeah, yeah like when it, you kind of like first sort of started like hearing those kind of like alternative sounds so yeah to say. um i uh i had a, like an mp3 player back in like uh i don't know when i was like probably like 10 or 11 12 yeah. maybe and uh i just downloaded a, a bunch of random songs with weird file names off of limewire <laughs> yeah. or whatever similar service and um i uh i really had like no idea what i was doing i was literally just like going through and being like oh that sounds cool that sounds cool and i ended up having a bunch of like like pop punk and like emo and stuff like okay you know, like green day and fallout boy and and like stuff like that and uh yeah yeah that's i guess when i started like listening to music and there was also just like it was completely random a lincoln park like whatever uh yeah and uh i guess that's when i i sort of just that's where the i feel like it was almost random that's the type of music i got into just uh <laughs> yeah. and i guess i started following that a little bit um like in high school i don't know in high school i listened to like more like like indie rock stuff and mm. um like the thermals and like i don't know i got into like joy division and stuff and, oh, okay cool yeah and um i don't know i guess it just kind of snowballed from there i yeah i yeah. got into like like later in high school i got into like um like touche amore and a lot of spew mm. and stuff and that's sort of like like got into hardcore around the same time and i guess started you know listening to all different types of like guitar music i guess yeah so like in terms of like when you say like downloading like those tracks on sort of onto your mp3 player and stuff was it literally just like picking and choosing like nobody had kind of pointed you on the path of like oh you might like this kind of thing um no, I think I just like heard some, it was like songs I was hearing on the radio that I was like, I like this, like, you know, yeah. uh, it's like back in the late 2000s, like, uh, I guess that's around the time, like still like they were playing like pop punk songs on the radio and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then in terms of like the more, as you say, like Touche Amore sort of La Dispute sort of stuff and like even like Joy Division again was that just you kind of like exploring music off your own back or was it people kind of recommending them to you like where did that all kind of come into things um uh i didn't really have anybody to recommend music to me i grew up in a really small town where no one really liked this sort of stuff i, I remember <laughs> okay. like like looking back at it retroactively like uh there was literally like I can I can think of maybe two people that like have any idea about that I knew about like alternative music. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, like my my like elementary school class like was seventeen kids, so it's like oh wow, really small. Yeah. So there was really nothing. There was like I didn't really experience like 
I didn't go to like a live like show until I was like 18 because there was like, okay. there was nothing in my area. So Yeah, yeah. I didn't really grow up with like uh with that sort of like I didn't go to shows when I was a, a kid or in So yeah, kind of like off off of that, like obviously not really having anyone to kind of show you stuff and, and things like that. Like I don't know, was it I don't want to say like you were like the outcast or the weirdo or anything like that but like was it strange kind of like finding this music that maybe like your peers and friends weren't necessarily into or was that something that you were drawn to it because of um i don't know that it was like super weird i just like i guess i meant that i didn't have anyone really to show me more stuff like that like it was like people things people people were listening to i guess like at that time um I don't really think it was, it was, you know, very alternative. It was just sort of like, it was, it wasn't like regular pop music or like country music or whatever. I was just like, it was still music that was like on the radio or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is what I like, you know? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. That's, that's sort of the thing. I think like, I didn't, I didn't really start getting into like, um like sort of like like um uh, underground music until like after high school and i sort of um i like or like at the very end of high school or like after high school i moved away to a bigger city um right okay yeah so i guess it, so was that kind of like what as you say like when you went to your first show and stuff was when yeah. you kind of moved um well, i like a little bit before that i saw like paramore and fallout boy and uh, oh, started, nice. yeah i started just going to like any show that i could like concerts like big shows i was like driving a couple hours to see you know i don't know someone play and uh i started uh, i moved i moved and i found like diy shows and i started going to like pretty much any show i could go to like i'd swear okay. like, i was going to like four shows a week like just like you know just because it was the most amazing yeah, yeah. thing ever and like um yeah i guess that sort of expanded my um like music taste and stuff uh yeah started seeing whatever <laughs> and i think like obviously because you said getting into like bands like touche amore and la dispute i think for a lot of people that uh kind of a bit younger and maybe not necessarily were with like the first wave ba- of like screamo bands mm-hmm. they like they're quite a lot of like an entry point so was that the case for you in terms of like going down the screamo path kind of thing and discovering stuff that's a bit more akin to what we hear with for your health um it's it's interesting i think uh a lot of i actually got into like you know a lot of those bands that i got into and that type of music actually was just like from you know the internet uh like yeah facebook and different you know people just talk like facebook music groups people talking about music and stuff and and sort of found those communities and just like it's like oh there's so much music like i don't know i've never heard of and like uh i will say like uh it was a i don't know that those bands were necessarily like a gateway i uh i honestly had like this friend um this was a little bit later i but uh this friend was telling me about like some of these music groups and like i'm sure you're familiar with scram cave but 
yeah 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 <laughs> but that's honestly like i wasn't really into screamo until until i uh like i don't have any sort of like screamo background or anything and honestly okay. i yeah i i still don't i just like that was just one of those groups <laughs> where i was like oh this music is cool i guess i don't know yeah. i was never super like like i don't it was never just like one thing i just like i liked the community and i liked i liked that group and i thought i met a lot of like friends there obviously people know you now as obviously the vocalist for for your health but was being a vocalist always what you kind of wanted to do or did you kind of start off with any other sort of musical avenues what was your kind of journey into actually like playing music um i um so I played, I played uh, like in like elementary and middle and high school, I played um, like percussion in the school band. Um, okay. And I never really took it seriously, but I thought it was fun. And um, when I moved to Columbus, I, I joined a band, um, an emo band playing drums. And uh, that's, that was my first like being in a band experience. Um, that was like, immediately before for your health started um so yeah i actually a drummer um and i just wanted to oh, be, okay i wanted to be a vocalist because something i wanted to try <laughs> yeah yeah so in terms of like the drums then was like was there something that you was particularly drawn to with it or was it just a case of that was something that you were able to, to pick up quite easily where did that come um, from uh, honestly, I don't know. Just like, I wouldn't say it came easily to me. I'm still not that great of a drummer. I just thought it was fun. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it's like one of those things, like, it's like, it feels like a natural extension of my body. I don't know. I'm like a fidgety person. And I like to tap on things and stuff. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess like channeling that through the drums is like, was like the logical progression. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So then in terms of like, playing music, you mentioned that, that sort of emo band, but was there kind of any bands before that? Or was that kind of your first sort of entry into actually like, playing? Live yeah, music? no, that was my first, that was my first thing. Okay, so was that kind of, was that a project that kind of did much? Did you sort of like record? Did um, you touring, was, or was it kind of very I much a local kind sort of, of a I was just sort of a backing member. It was somebody else's project. And oh, okay. um, like we did, uh, that's where I, I mean, that's where I learned um, just a lot about being in a band, I guess. Like we, we, we did tours and um, played a lot of shows oh, okay. and, you know, did, did all the things. That's where I sort of learned everything. Hmm. So was it like, as you say, kind of like you kind of, were you just sort of like filling in as a, as and when, or were you like a a permanent member of the band sort of thing? Uh, I was in the band, and then I wasn't in the band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then, in terms of like going out and touring and stuff, I, I always find it interesting sort of like what people's kind of experiences were and stuff like that. So. Did you kind of have any kind of like preconceived ideas of what going out on tour would be like and were they kind of met on those first tours or was it kind of something that you weren't expecting? I, I honestly had no idea. Um, I didn't really have any 
I went in without any expectations, really. I just thought it was cool. So, like, it was the coolest thing ever to, like, travel and play music and stuff. And, like, mm. it felt like no rules, you know? Um, so, like, I was, like, I think I was 19 at the time, 19 or 20. And it was, like, I just, like, it was, like, so much different from my life, like, it, back in my hometown that it, like, I don't know. I was just overwhelmed constantly by, like, how much fun I was having. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just knew, like, once I was started uh, touring, like, that's, I wanted to do it literally all the time. Um, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just something I, I had a passion for. So, um, like, when For Your Health started, and, you know, after we got together a few times, it wasn't anything serious at, at first, but it just, like, we just really enjoyed it, and, I we decided that we wanted to you know do a bunch of stuff and um touring is fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay did that kind of like I don't know doing those tours did that kind of give you a bit of foresight of like for when for your health started like you kind of already had a base of like you kind of knew what to do and what to expect and kind of like what towns and areas to sort of hit or or was it still a bit more learning to do once for your health kind of got rolling it was uh it was different it was different in the same like um it's like both punk bands but like one of them was like you know it's different being in a heavy band um like the sort of yeah just culture of touring and um it was still like a, another learning experience but it felt familiar you know and uh it's 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 a little different to uh that (laughs) the band i was in before i like there was never anybody at the shows it was just like fun and so like uh, okay yeah it was like it was it was a little bit of a culture shock to go from (laughs) you know not really anybody all, all the shows sucked like it was bad (laughs) <laughs> it was like losing money every night but we were having fun um but still kind yeah, of yeah, stressful yeah. to going to like a band where like uh like it was just a better experience like i don't know like i knew a lot more people at that point from because i had been booking shows and like getting to meet friends on the road and and stuff and like play with the type of music i wanted to play uh and like connect mm. with more people it was just like a it was just like a much fuller experience i guess uh yeah so the the first thing really paled in comparison yeah and then just to kind of backtrack a little bit like in terms of you kind of as you say you were joining this this band rather than it being kind of like your yeah. project so to say like so I don't know like in terms of you actually joining was it a case of like you had an itch to to want to play or was it just the circumstances kind of fell into place for you to join uh it was a little both uh it's it's honestly a little bit it's kind of it's kind of a messy timeline uh when I, <laughs> I kind of skipped this part but when I first moved to Columbus I just like I was ready I wanted to play with anybody you just like I wanted to play in a band so bad I was like no around I can do but I didn't know anybody so I like I put out a Craigslist ad and uh I found this guy that was like 
wanted to be in a punk band and I had wanted, I wanted to be in sort of like hardcore band. Uh, and uh, it's sort of something was lost in like translation and it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. you know, I was playing, I, I was, we, we were playing like really shitty, like skate punk music and like, and nothing ever materialized. We were trying to find other members. We were trying to write a demo, which is like, I thought it was so fucking fun to play with another person. Like literally this is before we'd never played a show or anything. We never even had a name, but I would, I would get together with this guy like for hours every week for like a year. And, mm. um, it was just like sort of like um you know a hobby and um one of the people numerous people that we tried to get to join the band um he he was like no i'm good but he then he hit me up and he's like i need a drummer because my drummer just left or whatever <laughs> and uh i've got the show book then i need a drummer so i like i learned to play the songs and well some of the songs it was like a real it was really stressful but it was really fun it's like uh playing somebody else's music because i i had you know been playing only been playing kit like the drum kit for a couple years and i like wasn't very good but like uh like playing along to like a couple more guitarists and like uh with a bassist it was like it was like really magical and it's like i don't know like the first show i ever played uh, the show in question uh, it was literally like six people there. It was a bar. It was like a Wednesday night or something at like <laughs> yeah. 11 p.m. And I literally had to like leave work to like go to play this show. <laughs> it was the like, the, it felt so good. I don't know to just play a show that I just like, I don't know. I loved it. And like, it's like, I don't know that this ever we planned on it being a permanent arrangement, but it just kind of by accident, I like showed up to play the show and then I just never left, you know, <laughs> for like a year or so. Um, yeah. And it was fun. And then, so then in terms of kind of like, I guess sort of move, before we kind of move into like the boy health sort of stuff, obviously as you say, like, that was you wanting to be a vocalist and giving it a go. But do you kind of miss playing drums at all? Do you think it's something you'll you'll go back to at some point? Do you still kind of practice? Um, I miss it sometimes. And then I sit down at a kit for a couple minutes and remember that I'm not very good. And then I don't really miss it that much. <laughs> I think I found something that I'm better at. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I just... I, I have played drums a little bit since then. I totally forgot, but I, I filled in on, I filled in for a band. Uh, I played drums on a little tour. It was only um, a couple days, but we went and played Fest in Florida. And oh, yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. And, but I was like, all right, well, I've, I've had enough. Like, you know, drumming is <laughs> yeah. like so exhausting and you got to pack up. And, and reset all the drums every it's just a whole thing it's the yeah like the drummers don't get enough credit for for what they do it's literally <laughs> the worst part of being in a band well the best part if you love playing drums but it's this definitely by far the most difficult part of being in a band yeah i so just to give you a bit of context so before obviously the all like the pandemic and everything side i used to 
uh, do a bit of like tour driving yeah. and stuff. And so like drummers were part of my like worst nightmare, but also like the <laughs> best part because like they had the biggest equipment. So like putting that in the van was like the easiest stuff because it was like, right, all your shit goes in first, but it was also they had all the heavy yeah. stuff. So it was just an absolute nightmare. But um, so but, like obviously before kind of we get again before we get into the for your health stuff and another thing that i read up that you you used to do i think obviously before the pandemic still do but was like booking mm-hmm. shows and obviously they were kind of part of like house shows and stuff and i know in america like house show culture is a lot more of a, a thing than it is here in the uk so how did you kind of get involved in that was it just like circumstantial or did you kind of always want to sort of like book shows and it just happened that you had the space uh i think like this is sort of the thing when i started getting into shows like i was like so amazed like about everything just about the bands and and diy and 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 shows and touring i just wanted to do every aspect of it i wanted to do a record label i wanted to book shows i wanted to tour i wanted to tour manager like i wanted to do everything that had to do mm. with being in a band and like that was like part of it uh it was like booking all these shows um and uh and like I just I really loved it like um like curating like I booking a show like when you actually care about it is like something that's like really it's like an art form I think and like yeah, uh, yeah. it just feels like it feels like you're curating like a perfect the perfect show experience that I want to see it's like like oh this band instead of driving two hours to see this band like i can get them to play in my living room with like my favorite bands yeah yeah uh like there was it it was really cool um like yeah yeah i don't know i i it's something that i i really enjoyed and um like every time i would get to like book a band that i'd been wanting to see forever and like i got to you know put the show together it was a real like honor uh it's like mm. i don't know like i got to book some of my favorite bands ever and like it, it felt really cool to be able to put that together and it slowed down a lot once before you held like we were touring so often that like between that and like you know working when i was home like i i couldn't put as many shows together um so it sort of slowed down yeah but yeah mm. I no, I totally get because again, like I used to sort of back uh, book shows up back in the day, and like some of like my closest friends now are people that are in bands that I used to book and and things like that. So like if it wasn't for those instances, like we would have never yeah. met and things like that. But it's funny you mentioned like the kind of curating sort of side of it because I kind of never really thought of this, but it just reminded me like so. We did a show, this was uh, like obviously quite a few years ago now, um, but it was around Christmas time. So obviously here in the UK, it's always raining, it's dark, it's wet and whatever over, over like the winter. <laughs> so we booked like uh, like black and hardcore grindcore bands, but we got them all to wear like Hawaiian shirts and stuff. And we set, we created the stage with like, inflatable palm trees and stuff so we made summer in winter <laughs> and it's like that's something that you can do when you're a booker is just have a bit of yeah. fun with it so was, was there like any kind of particular shows that you can remember that like really stood out like during those times 
like that were really memorable for yourself? Like shows I booked? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, well, one of the first ones, like, literally, uh, I, I, I had helped with this with uh, some of the people in my band, but like, um, Ostraka came, that was like the first show that was ever at my house that I like, at my venue, it was before we had any decorations or anything. It was like, it was mm. literally just a living room. And like, I had, it was this really magical experience because I had, I had been out of town. Like I was in Los Angeles for Sound and Fury Fest. And um, I had like, literally like missed a plane, missed my plane home. And like, I had to get on a different flight. And like, I got home, like right before this show was happening and i had to like okay. scramble and put everything together like after just you know traveling three thousand miles and and whatever and like <laughs> yeah uh and like i don't know it was just like it was so cool to like see this band that i love so much like like play in my living room to fucking 10 people it was just like i was so happy <laughs> so that was definitely one of them uh and uh i don't like do you know the band mannequin pussy yeah yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're great but they're one of my favorite bands and uh they had they did this thing where they were they were routing to some big tour they were doing and they wanted to play some diy shows and i got to i got to book them at my house and That's that was awesome. really 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 cool um but yeah those are a couple of my favorites <laughs> yeah and again, just as a kind of a side note, just like doing sort of my research, bef um, like kind of before we, we mm -hmm. chatted, I saw like on your Twitter thing that you're vegan straight edge, is that yeah. correct? Yeah. And I always find it like interesting, like people's kind of relation with that as a side, because like some people, like it's a really big part of their life, others it's not so much. So like, can you kind of tell me like your journey into that like how you kind of like discovered straight edge how you decided to sort of like go through that path like what was your journey with it um so i i was always straight edge before i knew there was a word for it i just I had right no, okay i just like i came from a small town like the only thing to do was like get drunk in a cornfield and like uh <laughs> yeah. and i just always thought it was stupid i, I don't know i just like I don't know. I had some fam family members that were alcoholic and just like people, like kids I knew that's like, I didn't, I didn't really get it. It's like, you know, you've heard this before. It's just, it's like getting intoxicated. It's like, it's in the name. It's, it's yeah, poison, yeah. You know, and it's like, I don't, I don't like people <laughs> can do whatever they want. I just like, I didn't want to do it. So it's like, I found like, uh, I don't know. I was just like at a record store. I was like looking for punk recommendations, and somebody gave me a Youth of Today CD, and um, oh nice. And that's when I sort of like got into like straight edge culture. Um, yeah. And uh, when I was like a late teen, but yeah, I've I've been straight edge pretty much my whole life. I've never yeah, never drank yeah. or smoked or anything. That's yeah. cool. So then if we kind of move on to like for your health, like obviously you mentioned kind of moving to to where you are now and that's kind of like how everything kind of started. But like the 
the thing that I wanted to pick up on was how quickly everything seemed to kind of happen for you guys. Because is it was it 2018 that you you fought? Yeah, in August of 2018. Yeah, so like obviously it's barely sort of two years kind of thing that you've been abandoned. There's already kind of like you've crammed so much into such a short space of time. So I don't know, like when you kind of started the band, was it just, did you all kind of have that mentality of like, right, we're all in, all systems go, let's just do everything that we can? Or is it just the way that things have panned out? Um, When the band first started, like before we knew it was going to really be a band, uh, like we, I like, I wanted to make a band, but I didn't know if the band was going to stick. And um, it really, like, we we got together sort of almost happenstance. Like, I called up uh, our guitarist, Damien, and this was, like, the way this happened is, like, uh, I was supposed to go on tour with the aforementioned band. Uh, and yeah. basically, I got kicked out of that band, like, two days before tour started. Oh, shit. And, uh, okay. And so I was like, well, I have like 10 days off work and I, and I don't want to not be in a band because this is all I spent my past, the past year doing. So I knew I wanted to be in hmm. bands forever. And um, so I hit up Damien, who I'd met uh, just from, I met him like he was serving at this restaurant um, and we got to talking about music and uh, I hit him up and asked him if he wanted to come jam. And uh, he had just like, he like he was like in he was back home visiting friends in new jersey and uh his job his restaurant closed while he was like out for a, a week oh, and shit. Uh, they just like unexpectedly they just like he got a call and just the place was gone he had no job nothing uh <laughs> so he came back to no job and like he was just like pissed and was like yeah let's make like heavy music so he came over yeah. and I was drumming at first. I was trying to get my roommate, Sandro, to play uh, drums because he was really good. Uh, and uh, he was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then so I was like, all right, whatever. So me and Damien went down to the basement and I was sort of drumming for a bit. He heard Damien's guitar playing and he came downstairs and he was just like, all right. <laughs> so that's sort of like the first time we ever got together. Um, and I hit up my friend Johnny to come over and play bass and like we wrote nosebleeds kind of by like it was just like literally we were just jamming around uh we made a bunch of different we jammed for like a couple hours and we just made a bunch of you know six or seven songs and mm. we uh sort of like i don't know we were just like this is really fun let's do it again and we just practiced a couple more times and basically the the band i was supposed to be in was supposed to play at uh the like the first show that i booked all by myself and um and i was like well i don't want you guys to play without me so i uh i like was like oh our new band will play um and <laughs> so that really kicked us into gear so like all right well we need to be like a presentable band in like two weeks um so, so we wrote these songs <laughs> and um we picked a name and we played the show and it was really really fun and we just decided we wanted to keep going we we're like well we already look at all this that we did in you know two weeks uh like we can mm. think how much more we can do 
It's like, and like, I'm like, I, at the time I was booking a lot of shows. So I was like, and there was not a lot of things happening, especially heavy bands. So I was like, well, we got to, we're sort of the house band. And uh, yeah, I just like, we played like maybe like 10 or like eight or nine shows, like by the end of the year. And we had this like friends that I had uh, booked uh they're called short fictions they're like this emo band from pittsburgh but um we right. um we they booked a tour and we came along it was just like five days and it was so fun and we knew like after that like we just wanted to keep touring with this band and like doing as much as possible and all these things started falling into place like this was before um nosebleeds even came out like uh sort of i don't know we just wanted to like tour as much as possible and like put out mm. you know physical releases and stuff so it sort of all snowballed from there yeah and then so from in terms of like you've kind of mentioned it earlier like the difference in touring with the first band to touring with for your health but like did you kind of notice a sort of a change in terms of like not like yourself but with the audiences and stuff that you're getting and like people sort of taking note of the band in in some aspects because as you say like being the house band so to say to then being like an active touring band going on the road as much as possible was there a point when you noticed like oh this isn't just like something i'm doing with my friends like other people actually give a shit about this and are caring about my band kind of thing yeah, well, that was, like, pretty much immediately, so that's why we, like, after that first tour, it was, like, it was, every day was so good, and it was so fun, and, like, we, were, we realized, like, oh, like, people like what we're doing, so, like, I mean, I feel like that was, like, a really, uh, that was, that could have been a t turning point, because, like, I don't know, maybe if it would have been a really bad experience, we would have just been, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, we'll, we would have probably still toured, but we would have not been as adamant about it. And it was, it just felt like a snowball. Yeah, yeah. Just like literally every, every show we played, every, like, it, for the most part, it was like, it was like so fun. It was, and like, we were like, we were having like, like, I don't know, not to, I don't know how to say this without like sounding pretentious, but it's like, we've all like, I, that was like my first real band i'd been in somebody else's band before and so the other guys yeah. are a little bit older than me uh damien was in this emo band called um called arrows and her and he he toured for a few years in that um and um you know and a lot of people like that band and like he was like like damn this is like you know i've been in i've been in bands before and this is like this is happening way faster than it's ever happened you know in any of my other bands and like you know, just like, I don't know, it was like, we had a string of good luck, and just like, everything, like, pretty much nothing bad ever happened to us, and just like, every show we had was good, we always made, like, a bunch of money, and to get home, and like, to like, keep yeah. going, and like, uh, like, our jobs at the time were really flexible, and just let us tour whenever, and like, everything was just like, in the just like it was like perfect storm to just like keep going as hard as we could you know um mm. yeah and because so like for me personally like i first came across you 
with the split release that you did with Shingard, like Death of Spring. Mm-hmm. And I've got to be like, totally honest, when I f- before I knew who was involved in that project, I thought Death of Spring was like a super group between the two of you like, for some <laughs> reason, just the way it was presented. But because the way the record is, it's not like a a traditional split. Okay, like you do have like the For Your Health tracks and the Shingard tracks, but it works as a full length. Yeah. Like, so did you guys always have that idea of having it rather than just like two tracks from one band, two tracks from another to make it like a full record? Or was that just the way it, it panned out? No, it was definitely intentional. Like I wanted from the beginning to, to do an LP that was a collaboration and um, okay yeah we worked together like really closely like us and Shingard. like every aspect of that record was like uh was like you know we um we like bounced tracks back and forth and we shared lyrics and like uh like owen produced the whole thing so from Shingard, owen produced the whole thing and um you know we all we went to pittsburgh and recorded with them and um and sort of tried to make the package like as tight as as possible. So um, mm. I I always like I like splits, but I always feel like a lot of them are just throwaway tracks or whatever. And I didn't want to do that. Yeah, like, yeah. We really loved Shingard the first time we saw them, and they loved us. And we wanted to like make something really special, um, like that. I feel like you don't like we didn't, we didn't really see a lot. Um, yeah that's it's cool that you thought that i think a lot of people think that too we get tagged in uh people will share a shin guard song and tag us and i'm like that's not us <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny um just as we're kind of on them what, what do you think of their their change of direction into hazing Hope? i love it uh yeah, yeah. that ep is is crazy it's i've heard it it's amazing it's literally uh i don't know i don't i don't know i'm not i like it's they're like such incredible musicians it always astounds me because like literally everything they do is just like whatever they want to do they just are the best at it and like uh yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's crazy watching the their like musical progression it's like when we met them like the first show we played out of town was with Shingard, and that's when we met them and decided to tour together and do a split and like oh yeah awesome. that's uh it all it was like i'm saying it was like serendipity like uh i don't know uh but like that was like we saw them play like 2020 material for like the first time ever and it was like it was the craziest thing i'd ever seen and like especially mm. just like at this in this basement in pittsburgh i don't like like that was just part of like i guess the magic like this band is like in like in, intrinsically tied to chin guard and i think vice versa like um I like a lot of the things that have happened like uh to us have happened to us together and it just feels like we're we're yeah. sort of bonded in that way. So yeah, mm. definitely definitely support <laughs> the new direction. Yeah. And in terms of kind of like with Death of Spring, as I say, like that was my kind of first entry point. So did you find that that record did put a lot more sort of ears and eyes on on you guys? Like, maybe not necessarily in the States, but definitely, like, further afield. Because I think, like, as I say, that's when I started hearing people definitely here in the UK start talking about you guys. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
I think mainland Europe has always had a very strong kind of affinity with the sort of like screamo scene anyway. So they might like people over there might have already been familiar with you, but that was definitely like a turning point. So did you, was that something that you saw as a band? Definitely. I mean, I, I think it just makes sense. Cause like, it's like nosebleeds. I don't know. It like, it's kind of like, <laughs> it like, it like, it's hard for me to talk about it. I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this, but it's like, that, looking back there, I don't really enjoy that record. I like playing the songs, <laughs> but that we kind of just, we kind of just like slapped it together. Um, before we knew yeah, what yeah. we were going to do, like if we knew that this band was going to be serious, maybe we would have spent more time on it or something. So like, I don't know. I can't even listen to those songs um and but like i like death <laughs> of spring i think that was like when we first like that was more the direction we were trying to go and like and yeah um, and so yeah definitely like it that's i mean what most people you know that's what most people have heard us from if they've heard us so it makes sense yeah um and like doing that like that was a, our first big tour like our first full like we played like 26 states or something like on that, like literally like half the country was Shingard. Um, and well, at least the whole East coast of the United States. And um, it was like, it was at first, it was weird because it was like places, it, it'd be like places we had never been before. I'd never been in my life. And at least one, like, even if there were only a couple of people at the show, at least one person was like, yeah, I heard your split. Like I wanted to come and check it out and like that was really cool because like i never had that experience before so it's like like making yeah yeah so like it it's cool that like you know making this sort of music or just like making music you know we we made it like uh it didn't exist and then we made it now other people have it and they want to come see it live like it was it was really cool i guess and that mm. that happened that started happening a lot more when when death of spring came out yeah and you mentioned there like obviously doing that sort of extensive tour with with Shingard and you mentioned earlier that obviously prior to the pandemic like you guys had planned to pretty much tour extensively kind of I think pretty much most of 2020 was the initial <laughs> yeah. plan so so obviously like four bands obviously there's an expectation that obviously like recorded material needs to be put out and so on mm -hmm. and so forth but did you i don't know like because of the way that you'd set things up had you kind of seen for your health being more of a live band that would put out the odd record or or has like i know obviously circumstances have changed mm -hmm. but like or was it just a case at the time like you were like right okay we've done death of spring let's now hit the road as much as we can and then we'll address like recorded material again later down the line. Yeah, it was like sort of like we it was like it was this it was sort of in the back of our head, you know, telltale heart style. Like uh it was like um like we knew we needed to record, but we just didn't want to stop touring because uh it was just so much <laughs> yeah. fun. And like the shows were getting bigger and bigger like every time we'd hit the road and like just mm. it was more fun and like you know we had all these opportunities to play with bands we really liked and um and like we just like didn't 
like we didn't know how to really stop like because the thing is like we were touring so much that like the idea of getting any more time off from our lives was like it seemed impossible and there's nothing to immediately show from it from taking a couple weeks off to write and then so like it was sort of like we had a hard time justifying it to ourselves because it's like we're when we're on tour that's like we're doing a job we're doing like like we're having fun and like we're like spreading our music and stuff but it's like you know we're recouping like some of those costs and like if we go yeah. to record we're not making any money we're spending money so it was sort of hard for us to justify like <laughs> yeah. and oh there's this tour that we can do and we can have all this fun and play with all these bands and and you know and eat all this food and blah 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 see all our friends or we could just go to the practice space and and like write and not go to work i don't know it, it was like it was really hard for us to justify so it's like 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 as shitty as it is to say like the pandemic was definitely like it was like a blessing in disguise for us because it was like okay well we're not allowed to go to our jobs and we're not allowed to go on tour so now we can actually we were yeah it kind of it forced yeah. you to write something <laughs> so that's that's how it might have happened <laughs> <laughs> so into just like going back to sort of like the tour aspect and purely this is for a selfish kind of point of view but like during that sort of 2020 stint was there plans to come over to like europe and stuff or is that something that you've spoken because like going back to what i said earlier like especially on mainland europe mm -hmm. like there is a big thriving sort of screamo scene yeah. so had you like had desires and plans to do that or is that something that's still kind of maybe a bit off in the future um we talked about it uh we actually had different plans we if we went to europe we want to go for a long time and sort of like yeah we had so much stuff planned like we had like in so we had already been on tour for three weeks in january into february and then we were supposed to go out for like another 10 days in march and then like another 10 days in april and then and then we had a little break and that's when we were originally planning on writing the break in between um april and the end of may because we were supposed to do right. this we we're supposed to do this crazy like full us tour that was like it started on like may 27th and ended at in like like august 5th or something oh, it uh, and we had like yeah and it was going to start off at, in Philly and go all the way to Vancouver for, for like, um, for David Norman's fest, uh, ZBR fest. And like, yeah. we we're going to literally play every single state in the country and like go to Mexico and end in Canada. And then we were going to stay home for like a month and a half. And then we were supposed to go to Japan and like, yeah oh, okay. so we had overseas plans but it was like with, with all that stuff with all that other stuff it was like we had to sort of make a decision and like no offense we were like we really want to go to japan um <laughs> no, uh, no i think japan is definitely the better uh, option but yeah obviously all of that stuff got canceled um 
Yeah. So, yeah, but we do want to play. We do want to play Europe when we can. It's just like there was so much stuff yeah. planned that, like, like it was. It was literally. It would have been impossible to fit in that year. No, <laughs> that's fair enough. Um, and just before we get to uh, in spite of the other thing that I wanted to kind of talk to you about is um, you were one of the bands that's done the the Hate Five Six sort of live mm-hmm. sessions that, that they've been doing um and obviously like we've mentioned there like for your health is very much a live band but that's kind of like a live experience in a really kind of odd way so what was that experience like for you and how did that kind of come about um so everything was very like uncertain um surrounding uh the pandemic and like what our plans were and stuff. It's like, like I said, at the beginning of the pandemic, we didn't know, we thought we were still going to go on that crazy summer tour. Um, And, you know, we were pretty much just waiting by the phone until we realized like, Oh, like nothing is ever going to happen again. Um, So (laughs) we basically to back up a little bit, like I said, we wrote that uh, LP in, in March and we were sort of finishing it up uh, after our drummer went back home. I was, finishing up lyrics and um you know they were adding things here and there and um and basically we got to talking with jihad from 12 gauge records and like they said they wanted to put the record out and we were just like hell yeah um it's because we like 12 gauge records and and it Mm. yeah like I don't know like it was just like it was like the perfect opportunity for us i guess to keep putting music out and um like uh and they they were gonna help us and help us like get everything with the record in order and like um originally the plan was for the record to come out in 2020 but uh with like covid i mean just it was impossible because uh basically the pressing plants or you know we're all backed up so we had this timeline sort of set in place and it was like if you get everything done by this day the record can come out in in october or november or whatever and uh we fucking we did everything like the record had to like it's funny um jihad like uh before he even heard the record like agreed to do the record uh which was cool yeah, we were like that was kind of stressful because we were like hope he likes it um <laughs> yeah. so uh the record we finished it was i would say like the songs were like 75 percent done from that week in march and like and we had plans to record uh, the first week of july and it's like we had to finish writing the songs like all the instruments the lyrics uh like track mix uh master uh like do all the art from the ground up do all the photography and and stuff uh like and all that like took place like in the month of july like we finished the record like from zero to 100 percent in 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 like a little less than a month so it was like the most insane time crunch was like every day we had a schedule we were like doing all these things and um felt like it felt really crazy to do that and um but long story short it didn't matter because uh 
because the pressing plants were so backed up that our record couldn't come out until 2021. Um, yeah. So basically, we had all these things, uh, all these plans and stuff in order, and we were we were like we were we knew we weren't going to be able to play a show with our new songs so we wanted to do a, a like a a release stream but we wanted to only do it if it was going to be something that we could be proud of and something cool so we talked to Sunny about doing a release show for in spite of um and basically uh we found out in between booking that and 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 the actual show happening, we found out that the record was not going to be released when we thought it was. So right, okay. It sort of turned into more of, uh, instead of playing the whole record, we sort of turned it more into like an announcement of sorts, uh, showcasing some of our new songs and um, just like having a show, playing our first show in, you know, eight months. So that's, that's how that came about. Yeah. It was supposed to be a release show, but it ended up just being a show. <laughs> <laughs> but like was it a bit like strange for you because like obviously you had to kind of approach it as a normal yeah. show but at the end of the day you're still kind of playing in a studio in front of essentially like a handful of people so was it a strange or, or was it just for you more the fact that you were getting to play live it, yeah it was honestly like we were so starved to to play a show that it felt it was it was the best show ever like it didn't matter that, that it didn't matter that there were two people in the room besides us like it was literally the coolest thing ever uh it felt just like it not just like a show because you know there was no crowd or whatever but like it for what it's worth it was the closest thing to a show yeah. that could have you know happened and we were excited to have like a nice recording of us and stuff and sonny is really really cool and nice and um we've uh like worked with him a few times and he's just like he's a really cool dude and um mm. it was like and that was the first time we met jihad in person um so like it was a really it was a really exciting experience that was also the first time we played with two guitarists so yeah, like everything about that show is like just super looking forward to it. And it was like fun to play yeah. the songs. Uh, some of those songs we'd literally never played all together because when we wrote them, I didn't have the lyrics. So I was sort of just like dictating song parts and like vibing right. along. So like that was legitimately the first time we ever played um, a couple of those songs, like the day before when we were practicing for it, you know? Yeah, really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. And just in terms, like, one more thing in terms of that, because, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember, like, seeing another video of you maybe a, a few years ago. But then, obviously, in this one, you're all in black, like, black shirt, black jeans, and everything like that, and the rest of the band is all wearing black as well. So was that just something that you've kind of, like, now decided to go in that direction for this kind of without kind of like saying too much in terms of industry terms, but like this album cycle, is that something that you're a direction you're going in or was it just happenstance that you thought this was something that looked cool and you've kind of stuck with it a little bit? Um, Yeah. It's just like, they just like, we like it. It's like, we're <laughs> sort of building. Yeah. I like, we want to, you know, it's sort of like 
we play live a lot and it's really important and performances like art is like really important to us and just like yeah making so building like an aesthetic that like is cohesive and like it's like the art surrounding the band is like really important to me and i think that's just as fun as like uh it's like writing songs or playing shows is like you know sort of building our band and like doing different things like that and yeah i just like it makes it more enjoyable to me yeah yeah that's cool so then in terms of like in spite of obviously like we've mentioned kind of that you had a bit more time with like putting this together and and things like that and obviously already there's been sort of a bit of a hype around it in terms of like the actual release of it and, and things like that but like in terms of what you've kind of put into it in terms of kind of themes thematics lyrics and things like this it touches on a lot of different kind of areas sort of things so i don't know what was your kind of headspace at the time of like writing it and like were there certain things that you wanted to address personally yeah definitely um it's sort of like it's sort of like a culmination of like a lot of things i was thinking about at the time um and just like the uncertainty surrounding um the just our future as a band as people like living in america Mm. like it's it's sort of just like a fuck you to like you know everything (laughs) like like (laughs) this is sort of like our statement i guess about like you know this is just like how we felt about like everything that was happening and like um like yeah i mean i guess it's it's in the name it's a it was like we sort of had this idea that's like um you know what we're doing is like we're gonna keep doing what we're doing in spite of like everything that's happening like everybody that you know it's like yeah you know it's fucking cops politicians people that don't like us like i don't know our (laughs) jobs like everything um and that sort of all that energy sort of created what uh that record i guess Mm. and like just in terms of kind of like the the sort of like track names and some of like the the way you kind of piece together sort of like lyrics i think not necessarily just on this record but in the sort of history of the band you you're like quite clever with your words in sort of like as i say like song titles or the specific lyrics so is that something that you've always kind of been interested in is like the word play and maybe not necessarily being ambiguous but sort of like having fun with the way that you're presenting a subject rather than like you said like having issues with cops and politicians or whatever that's not something that's new within punk and whatever but like having having a bit of a a fun way to play with those subjects is that something that you've always wanted to kind of do or is that something you've kind of learned the more the band's kind of grown um i think that's uh sort of the uh it's always really it's just kind of the way i write um it's how i i think i think it's really fun it's like i really enjoy wordplay and I don't know, I grew up mm. listening, like I said earlier, I grew up listening to, like, a, a lot of bands, like, like Fall Out Boy and, like, 
My Chemical Romance and stuff that like really interesting lyrics and like you know double entendres and and wit and like um and I don't know I, I've always like I always wanted like the lyrics to be important uh at least to me because I feel like uh there's a lot yeah. of heavy music that's just like especially music with like incomprehensible vocals like it's like the lyrics are sort of irrelevant or whatever and it's like this band is like i don't know we like do this for us it's like sort of like this is like this is just like a challenge for me or whatever to like push myself writing and like you know write about things that are in my head uh and sort of have a uh, like a diary entry of the of that mm. and um so yeah I, I guess it's more of like it's more of like a game to me um like it's like it it's like i'm playing chess with myself or something <laughs> yeah. okay yeah, that's quite an interesting take and then so like in terms of like the actual sort of like music i think a few kind of sort of media outlets have already kind of picked up on this on on the tracks that you've released so mm. far but you've been kind enough to to let me hear the the whole record ahead of schedule so massive thank yeah. you for that in first instance but like the thing that like that is notable is like obviously there's still those kind of like screamo elements that people have maybe kind of like become to know you for but like the heavier elements that you bring in are like a lot heavier but then on the complete flip side, like the melodic elements you bring on, like have gone a lot more that way as well. So you've kind of like done a whole swing left to right on both mm -hmm. both sides throughout this record. So was that, I don't like, again, just because you had the time to kind of play with those elements, was that the reason that they are there and they've crept into this record? Or was that something that naturally was going to kind of happen with this band? Um. I think that the latter it's it's sort of like an organic um display I don't even yeah. want to necessarily call it a progression because like we kind of touched on earlier it's like we toured so much and never recorded so it's like sort of this is this is <laughs> yeah. like what the band has sounded like in my head for a couple of years at this point but really just like no one's been able to see it I mean hear it <laughs> yeah. uh um sort of like playing these songs like our the songs we've we've had recorded uh they've they, you know we play them dozens and dozens of times they sort of evolve in the way we play them and you know and it's like uh i don't know it's it's interesting to see people's takes like from outside of the band because i see i've seen a couple things like with the singles we've put out people are, are being like Oh, are you gonna do SAS now? And I'm like, have we not always? Uh, like, I don't know. It was like the first song we ever <laughs> yeah. wrote was a sassy song. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it's like it. I'm kind of losing track of what I'm talking about, but it's 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 definitely interesting to see other people, uh, other people's takes on the progression of the band, as it were. Um, yeah, and I also think to actually just answer that question i think um sort of it's just what happens when we were met with more time and resources and mm. 
to fully flesh that out because I feel like this is more closer to what we were trying to say the entire time, but really just like I've never right. had the chance to sort of um, spread our wings. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And then just like finally on the record, like something that I want to sort of bring out, I don't usually talk about artwork, but I think because the artwork of this record is quite striking. So where did the idea of that kind of come from? And sort of like, how did it kind of evolve into what we see, uh, like there's going to be the album cover? Um, so that's something, the whole ballerina thing is actually something that um, I've been working on, like literally since the band started. Uh, I always was fascinated by, um, by ballerinas because like, uh, like they're sort of like it's sort of like a duality like it's like it's like something that's like really it's like an art form it's really beautiful and but like on on the back end it's like it's something that's like really physically and emotionally damaging and it's like yeah. um something that always interested me about like ballerina's feet uh like and specifically it's like they they like damage their feet to like to to perform like on point ballet and yeah sort of like standing on wood blocks like they have like you know broken toes and and bruises and blood but they like wrap it up in like satin and like it's something that like when you look at a ballet shoe you don't think like oh that's disgusting but but it kind of is and like i don't <laughs> it's it's something that's like innocuous and and also dangerous at the same time and i think that's sort of like something that i've been drawn to and i think that's like part of the reason like that was like sort of the idea with for your health um yeah uh i think yeah. like in a way now you've said that it kind of makes sense because like in a way like your band is that antithesis as you say it's like it's a bit dangerous but there's a beauty element to it as well and like i think that's what for your health is is like it's got this really nice like music and the melodic parts but then you can be brutally heavy and your vocals can be so indistinguishable you don't have a clue what's mm -hmm. going on sort of thing so yeah I, I like how that's kind of now sort of brought everything together in context in in that way yeah and obviously like by the time this this is uh i'm just trying to think yeah the record won't have come out by the time this is aired so we've obviously like you've released the two the two tracks for most people to hear and people have kind of like as you say had their certain takes on it and stuff but generally what's from your perspective what's the the response been to what people have heard so far it's just it's been generally positive i haven't really seen anyone like talk shit or anything it's just like they're, mm. yeah i don't know it's um the nice i think people are excited for it um i'm i'm really i'm really excited for it to finally be out because like i said we've been sitting on these songs for almost almost a year i guess they have they've only been recorded since uh july but i don't know we we never sit on anything for that long and it feels like it's like torture just like uh <laughs> just yeah. not being able to do anything with them right now so i'm like definitely counting down the days um 
I'm excited yeah, to yeah, see yeah, what yeah. people think. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy jarring. Like, like I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that different from, um, from what we were doing on Death of Spring, honestly. So. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And just kind of like finally, before I kind of move on, obviously, I know, like I know you've done sort of like other sort of interviews and press bits in relation to the lead up mm-hmm. to this record. But the one that I think was a bit of note, which I think is quite funny, is you did the interview with Notfest, which is obviously <laughs> an associate with Slipknot and things like yeah. that. And I think anybody this kind of our generation has an affinity with Slipknot in some shape or form. So was it quite surreal to see that your band is associated with that brand? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It was it was really weird. Like, this is, uh, I don't know, a lot of weird things happen to us because of For Your Health <laughs> and, like, I don't know, just roll with the punches. But it's like I got an email from them <laughs> about, like, about how they wanted to, like, um, do some stuff with our band. And I was like is this real? Like, I don't know. It's like the funniest thing that could have happened. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's definitely, it's, it's cool. I don't know. It's cool. I like, I never imagined that, uh, like press outlets would care about this band. Uh, uh, and they seem to, which is really interesting. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to seem ungrateful. It's just like, it's hard to believe sometimes it's, it's weird. And <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously like at the moment, obviously things are still really uncertain in, in terms of live shows coming back, touring and stuff. But obviously we are still seeing bands putting out music like yourselves, but have you, as a band, have you had conversations about like what the future looks like, or are you still very much just kind of like holding fire until you've got a clearer picture? Yeah, I we're just really focused on putting the record out, so we haven't had to think about anything else yet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I there's a lot of like naysayers and sort of nihilists that say like music. Oh, it's 2025 or it's never coming back live shows are never going to happen again like and i'm just like that just sounds stupid like there are places that already have <laughs> yeah. like there are already countries that have, that are having shows <laughs> like, i, I yeah, saw like yeah. i i just remember like this was months and months ago but i was like i had to do a double take because i do you know that band chinese football yeah yeah they yeah, went yeah. on tour in china like months ago and there was hundreds of people at the shows and i'm like I don't know that it's not going to never come back like that. Yeah. Like yeah. Their people are already doing it other places. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, we're yeah. pretty much just like, we're hopeful. And you know, it, the vaccine is, is in various stages around the world. And, and I just, I think that we are, uh, we are just ready to pounce whenever we can, you know get the vaccine (laughs) and you know play a show somewhere anywhere in the world we'll be there (laughs) like yeah yeah yeah. yeah. cool um hayden how i like to end this is to ask my guests um what their favorite song is but with a bit of a twist but i think it might be a bit different because you did the hate five six thing but 
it generally revolves around live music and obviously i know we haven't had live music in a while but we'll give it a shot so what's your favorite for your health song that you like to play live and why hmm that's a good question <laughs> see all of our songs are so short we sort of all play them like we play like <laughs> yeah. sort of like brackets of songs like we'll play Songs yeah, yeah. Connected at a time. Um, uh, my favorite song to play live is probably Birthday Candles in the Effigy because that's the uh, newest song we got to play before. That was the only song we had written for the record before um, everything happened. And I'm right, okay. playing the newest thing is the most fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's fair. So enough. that's probably my answer. <laughs> Perfect, brilliant, Hayden. Thank you very much for your time. Um, as I said earlier, we'll keep fingers crossed that at some point we'll see you here in Europe. Yeah. But um, for everyone that hasn't heard the record or is looking forward to the record, I can vouch and say it's fucking rad. I think like after you sent it to me, I think the first thing I sent back to you was just like, this is awesome <laughs> sort of thing. So, so yeah, it's definitely a record that I'm going to be recommending and listening to a lot for the rest of the Hell year. yeah. Thank you so much. No worries. Take care, my yeah, friend. Thank you. All right. Peace Cheers. out. Bye. <laughs> So there we have it, folks. Again, a huge thank you to Hayden for taking some time out of their day to have a little chat with me. Um, as mentioned at the top of the show, uh, For Your Health's new record, In Spite Of, is out now. Um, I think the vinyl pressings are sold out. I could be totally wrong, but obviously it's on sort of Spotify, Bandcamp, and all those good streaming platforms. Um, so yeah, just go check it out if you haven't listened to it. It's a fucking ripper of a record. As always, if you want to keep up to date with what For Your Health are doing, we will put all the various links in the description of this episode. Also put a link to buy the the current edition of An Insight magazine. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. We're kind of wrapping up stuff in terms of the the charity sampler as well. This We're still waiting for that one last band to, to fill that final spot, but I've got things in motion in terms of the charity and things like that i'm hoping to have someone on from the charity on the show so keep your eyes peeled in terms of when we announce who that's going to be and so on and so forth um but yeah as always whether this is the first time you're listening to the show or the 181st time you're listening to the show please whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on rate subscribe review it really does help i know you probably hear that from every single podcast you listen to but there's a reason people say it um but yeah, that's it for another week. Got some, some cool guests lined up in the coming weeks. So we roll on as always. But for now, thank you for stopping by the Justin Insight podcast. And I'll see you soon. Hold up. 